I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of The Artist Business Plan. My name is James Milley, and I'm the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S. Besides hosting our in-person fairs around the country, we're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing art. I'm here today chatting with Moyosor Martins, an incredible artist based here in NYC. If you're not already familiar with his work, we'll have a link in the show notes for you to see it. It is truly incredible. We're going to be chatting with Moyo today about finding your own art style and why that is so important to your art business. It's great to have you on the show, Moyo. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. Moyosor is a Nigerian multimedia artist who is now based in New York. He is a painter, digital artist, sculptor, and fashion designer. He developed a sense of mixed cultural independence from his parents' tribal roots early from his Brazilian father and mother from Ikiti State. He is self-taught and never let anything or anyone stop him from developing his art. Moyosor's artworks highlight a combination of his traditional Afro-cultural and spiritual roots and fashion for design background. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Moyo. Thank you. It feels amazing to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Now, before we get started, Moyo, I'd like to ask you a question to help our audience get to know the real you. Okay. Uh, what is the earliest memory you have of art? And did you realize then that you would be dedicating your life to art? I think for me, I've always known I was an artist. It was something I was always um, conscious about. Growing up, my dad never wanted me to be an artist. So it wasn't like encouraged. But my dad was a collector. He had like few pieces, amazing pieces in the house, <laughs> sculptures everywhere, African sculptures everywhere. You know, so it was like extremely in tune with art. But like the typical African parents growing up, they'll be like, ah, you can't make money being an artist, blah, blah, blah. It was more of a passion kind of thing. Like I was extremely in tune with it. I've always known it was just there. Moyo, we touched on this a bit before in your bio. You've lived in quite a few different places before moving to New York five years ago. Could you tell us a little more about how the places you've lived and your roots have influenced your art? Number one, I'll just pay tribute to Ivory Coast. It's a French-speaking country, you know, West Africa. They have this wide, vast influence. And at the same time, you could tell the difference between their own culture and the French culture. So that was like the first awakening. Because when you go to Ivory Coast, I was expecting them to like be the typical Africans. But they were just so unique. They had this interesting culture and this is interesting mixed about them it was the french people that actually give them the spice so i grew in love with the colors with the patterns from the fabrics the food the music and even though i couldn't like speak french then so it took me like a couple of years like a year and a half to start speaking french that was like my first transition then in ghana wow Ghana is amazing. Ghana is just like my second home. So I was in Ghana for like five years. I was free. I would say Ghana was the first place I got the sense of freedom, being myself. 
I was away from everybody. I was away from the family. I was away from everything I knew. So I had to like concentrate on who I was, you know, then what I want to be. So in Ghana, the inspiration was everywhere. It was bold. They had this bold abstract figurines and bold abstract colors and it was just in your face and i was like nah this is just they had the reds the blues it was amazing us in ghana is so serious they took it very seriously compared to what i was used to coming from nigeria in, in ghana it was encouraged it was in the streets you could like it was everywhere it was in the music it was in the movies it was in the schools it was in the fabric it was everywhere in the food and i was like okay i think i like i think i need really need to like embrace myself being in touch of with who i really am as a person as an artist so that awakening it was from ghana so i started keeping my locks my hair my, my, <laughs> my hair from ghana i went down to the beach fronts I, I met with lots of rastafarians with artists some some were like making sculptures and figurines and everything. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I saw the tools. I was like, okay, all right. So I took a hand. So when I came to New York, it was totally different. The wow factor was there. It was so poppy. The colors was extremely playful. That brought out my childhood growing up with the Mickey Mouse, the Charlie Browns, the Darkwing Duck, the Donald Duck, the, you know, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Then I started seeing all sort of like com- contemporary art. I, I didn't understand what that was before. So I had to do my research. It was, it was a lot to take in. And that really influenced me in, in, in so many ways, trying to like combine the artworks from these regions and the artwork from the place I live currently and not allowing that to particularly influence the originality of my aesthetic, if I should say. It's quite a challenge. It's something I struggle with. You just have to have the structure as an artist, not like you could, yeah, you could consume so much inspirations, but don't allow that to bend your authenticity or what you originally have you know like your vision if i should put it that way yeah that is an incredible story going all the way from the ivory coast ghana and then finally making your way over to new york i love how as you're describing this journey from growing up and making your way over here i mean you really see it in your art and again we're on a podcast but after this is over i encourage all of you to go online and look at moyo's art online so you can see it it's really incredible and everything he's mentioning right now you can totally see in his art the colors are so vibrant you know you have this this combination of you know kind of these african roots and then combining that with these pop culture references and and just these v- really vibrant contemporary colors like you said so that's really cool how you know your own life growing up from youth until now has totally influenced your art and you can really see that so that's i i love that moving on so you know kind of as we're talking about your entrance to the united states coming to new york i know that quite a few artists that are listening here they're listening from around the world as well and many of whom are looking to expand their presence in the united states what are some of the challenges that you've faced introducing your art to the u.s and how has overcoming those challenges influenced the style of your art as well 
the challenges I actually faced was trying to make them understand the story behind the artwork itself. Because um, I believe your heart should stand for something. It should speak for something. Even with or without you being a present, you, you, it's meant to be self-explanatory because they were like used to what they already had going on. So you coming down here with something else, obviously it's not going to be easy to like break, you know, the barriers and try to make people accept what you already have going on. So um, it took time, consistency, originality, and just keep working. Keep, I would say focus on the portfolio rather than the fame. There's no gimmick to it because people out here are super good. The people out here are good. <laughs> yes. Like they're extremely talented to the point that some works I've been seeing are, are surreal. I'll be like, wow. And I know sometimes I feel the same with what I have going on as well. So I, I would just say focus on what you already have going on. Keep doing you. Consistency at work. Grow. Leave room to grow. Leave. Explore. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, that's such a huge challenge that artists have to to overcome is just how do you keep your art authentic, but make it where you're able to not be in the room, like you said, and still have the art speak to anyone who's looking at it and really understand what it means. So kind of having that universality to your art, but having it be true to you as well. I think, like you said, just consistency, focus, you know, staying true to yourself and keeping it original and everything else will fall into place. You need to believe in yourself before anybody else believes in you. You know, you can't just paint or want to create for the money or for the fame. It doesn't work like that. It needs to come from within. And it's like, because people need to be able to connect to it. There's a certain vibration that comes from things like that. People need to be able to, like, they could tell from the go, like, okay, yes, this is it. And it takes time. It takes growth to actually know that, okay, yes, I'm on that level. I'm on that stage. Okay, this is it. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying too hard to manufacture that fame and that money, you're going to be fighting harder than you need to. I mean, honestly, no, no, it doesn't, it starting, <laughs> starting with the originality, you're going to, uh, that'll all happen as well Absolutely. when it's supposed to happen. Exactly. Yes. So most of your artwork focuses on combining your cultural roots with vibrant contemporary styles and also sometimes pop culture references. How has this played into the markability of your art here in the United States? I wouldn't say that's a smart move. Honestly, it's been natural because I grew up with these things. I collect these things, designer figures, designer toys and and all that. So I've always had references to them. But how that played on the market, different different things for different folks. Or when I do hard, the pop um culture or like references or whatever into my pieces. Yeah, sometimes it draws and attracts some certain kind of audiences that I really don't have before. You know, they'll be like, oh wow, this is new. Oh wow, I like this the African or the, like the traditional aesthetic with this pop culture. Wow, this is genius. I'd be like, okay, it's like a win-win kind of like situation. So it's sometimes it's good to just go out of the box, you know, out of your comfort zone. I wouldn't say I'm, comfort with, I'm comfortable with the way I normally do things because I'm also growing, but some collectors 
love to have the pop culture mixed up with the with African feel, with everything. It's beautiful. They like it. It does well. It does pretty well, I would say. You know, something that I really like that you said before is you grew up with these figures. You you collected them before already. I, I think that having a certain intentionality when you're going to adapt your art or you're going to add something to your art like pop culture references, I think where it has this again, authenticity to yourself. Um, it doesn't feel like you're just trying to like take advantage of some no, like, absolutely no trend or anything. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like actually part of your story. My dad loves reading the newspapers a lot. He loves reading newspapers and drinking tea. So that's the stick. So every morning we have the newspaper man going around with the, with the on pound, 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 pound. So you, you could literally hear the ons from like a block away. I was little, yeah. So my dad would be like, oh, Moyo, you need to go around, go get the, the newspapers on the next block. So I go get the newspaper. So at the back of the newspaper, right, you always have the cartoon section with a Charlie Brown. So I grew up reading the Charlie Brown. So I was, so that was what like got me into books. I love like collecting books. I love collecting things. So, you know, when you go to the back of the of the of the newspaper, you you get the the peanuts, the adventures of peanuts. <laughs> yeah. So I have a sculpture of of Charlie Brown in my own idea. So the sculpture actually stands for equality. That behind every successful man, there's a woman. You know, there's a strong woman figure that pushes the man to do other. I made the sculpture, I think it was like early this year before the, before the lockdown. I was going through some emotional downs. So and it was my best friend, my wife, that was always there for me. She's always the per- only person I could vent to. That would be like, well, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry, you have this. You have this. Okay, you have this. So I made the sculpture because of what I was going through. It's a tall sculpture of Charlie Brown. So it's it's the the sculpture doesn't really look like the regular Charlie Brown. So I made it look like a tunnel pool. It's funny. I, I actually uh, reference this artwork you're talking about in my next question. Uh, I've oh, seen yeah. it. And I love it. We'll, we'll include a link to it in the also, in the show notes as also. well. It's um yeah no it's really cool. It's it's like a, a a totem pole sculpture, but with the peanuts characters and in Moyo's own signature style. I. And I, I love the the backstory to that. Again, it's it's connected to something that is part of of your own life, and I think that having that makes you excited about making it. And I think that that you know kind of creates these intangibles that you can't really quite explain, but those get communicated to people who are going to consider buying your art. Like if it has this energy to it, people will respond to that. And and that energy has to be true to you. Otherwise- yeah, It needs to be yeah. genuine. Yeah, exactly. Some of your art is more pop culture focused, featuring characters such as the, the Peanuts uh, or Homer Simpson. But then other pieces that you have, they have that same vibrance, that same, you know, really bright colors, um, but they don't feature specific pop culture characters. However, when you do look at all of your work as a whole, uh, you can definitely see the thread between everything. This is another question we get from a lot of artists. How do you keep your art style consistent without feeling overly restricted? Do you find limitations or freedom in having an art style? I would say I found my style. So it took me a long time to actually own it. When you own it, 
it seems easy, but it's not. You know, but it stays consistent. Like you said, as an artist, right? You need to develop your style. You need to develop your palette. You need to know the kind of colors that work for you. I'm going to be an oil painter. Oil might not work for you. It might be acrylic that works for you. I need to stick to what I know how to do, then perfect it, then become a master at that particular style. That's the trick. You have all these palettes and all these colors and everything. Is, it could be overwhelming. So as an artist, you need to find your own style, your own color, your own palette. Once you find your own niche, that's it. That's yeah. it. It was something that took me years to work on. You know, it was one of the hardest things I did as an artist to be able to um, identify my palette and my style. Yeah. Just before we jumped on this podcast, I was looking through your lookbook online and you can really see how you've just grown into this super recognizable style. There's almost a bit of muscle memory to it where once you learn a style for yourself and and you've developed that, you've worked it, you've perfected it, you feel really confident and comfortable with it. I think at that point, then you can start focusing on other things. You can start developing the meaning behind works and not feel so restricted on like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out how to, you know, make this piece look complete. You're able to to move on to kind of the the next level of of meaning into your to your work. A lot of successful artists who are in Superfine, uh, who I've spoken to, when they have a consistent theme, a consistent style to their work, it really allows them to move on to that that next level and just focus on building up their business, building up their art. It takes a lot of structure to do that. You know, once you could get it, that's it. It's a beautiful thing. It comes with content. Because um, as an artist, the mind is always running, you know? <laughs> the mind is always, yeah, the mind is, the mind is always running. You could, you could come up with a piece like that, then go back and be like, nah, this is not it. <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always like yeah. that. So, but, but once you get your style, you come with a, you have that peace of mind within you. Like, yes, because it's genuine, it's original. Yeah, yeah. you perfected it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking a lot about kind of the the content of the work itself. And you mentioned this briefly before, but I want to get your take because, you know, you create paintings, you create sculpture, you have design pieces. This is another common question. It's kind of related to the last one, um, but more focused on the medium of the work versus the content of, of what it is, the themes. How do you create a style that transcends the medium that you're working with. So it's a consistent style, but you can make a sculpture, you can make a painting, whatever it might be, not, not being bound to exactly, you know, just painting or just sculpture or something like that. Once you get a grip of your style, it comes out in whatever medium you're trying to express yourself in. It doesn't really matter if you're working on a silk screen or you're working on a board or whatever, as long as it's you. You know, that's the importance of being original. That's the importance of originality. Once you're original, like you, you do, like you're not trying to paint like um, Basquiat or I'm not trying to paint like George Kondo or I'm not, I mean, you know, they're, everybody's all masters. They're, they're good. So why not just try as much as possible to identify where you stand and what you could bring to the table? That's it. What well, if you could like get there, I think there's no medium you can't express yourself in. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that what you're saying is really poignant. Once you've gotten past the the 
technical know-how of making something, your style is you. Your style is not just the way that you're, you know, making brush strokes. That's part of it for sure. But yeah. I mean, the style is going to come out beyond that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're, you know, making something that has a pop culture reference and is a sculpture versus something that's a painting and is is has no pop culture references, you're going to see that cohesive thread through everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have like 10 artists in the room with the same references, you come up with 10 different paintings. That yeah, you come you come up with 10 different paintings. You can't get the same the same artworks. It doesn't work like that. So you just need to like find that unique spot that what makes what makes you you if you can just get that that's it whenever i see like a a live drawing session or something like that and i see all of the different drawings that people made during that they're all drawing the same subject and oftentimes even using the same tools like like just pencil or something like that they're not necessarily making paintings you can really tell which is which is who's drawing even even when it's there's mm-hmm. so many consistencies of the figure yes. and the the yes. medium so yeah that's sort of like a reverse example but it it you know it's about what we're talking about you can work in all sorts of different media and and it will still come out as you so i i love that um and i love seeing the cohesiveness in your own work through all these different media if you could give one more word of advice to all the artists listening here about creating your own style, developing your own style, what would it be? I would just say leave, leave life. I have a lot of experiences. Yes. People need to leave. You, you need to like experience life, listen to music, watch some, take some time out, hang out yeah. with friends or do just, just the simple things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, 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 you get inspired. Just, you need to, you can't, um, you know, being art, be, being art comes with, with freedom. That's such good advice. I mean, as an artist myself, I've experienced that at certain times in my life where I'm just so focused on like, oh, I have to, you know, make another artwork. I have to, you know, what do I do next? But sometimes taking a step back from the art yeah, yeah. and just experiencing life, living life, like you way. said, when you come back to it, your art is going to be leaps yeah. and bounds yes. better and, and you won't even realize it. You, you don't have to constantly just be pushing against a wall when it doesn't feel right. You should take that time to take care of yourself and, yes. and just experience Mentally, life. Yes, yes. Mentally and spiritually, you need to take some time out just to leave. Your style will come. Yeah. Yeah, just keep it. Don't, there's no, you can't force things. You can't just keep being you and just leave eat good food and just relax. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I, yeah, I think it's just going to make your art a lot richer and it's going to make it more interesting. You have to be living life again. You can't just manufacture a style. You, your style is going to come from your life experiences. And I mean, I think you're such such a good example of this (laughs) (laughs) because you you've lived in so many different places, had so many different experiences and it shows in the work that you make. Thank you. Living and and growing. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. We humans with so much in a rush and in a hurry to just, um, we just want to get to, to where we don't even know. 
you know, and we just miss these little things, these little signs and little blessings and all that, that might just be the most important thing. So most of my paintings, when you see I have like a moving figure, like it's always moving, you know, so it's just funny how people like just forget to leave. We need to leave. It's so very, very important. So that's my advice. You know, it's winter now, or it's it's about to be winter, uh, yeah. and the sun is going down at like 4.45 or so right now. So I've actually been setting an alarm for 4 p.m. to take my dog on a walk and go see the sunset. Because um, otherwise, I would just work through it, and then, you know, one moment I'd be looking out the window, it'd be daytime, and then it would be dark, and that makes me sad. You know, save some time to go watch the sunset, eat good food, and just enjoy the small things in life. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Better said. Cool. Thank you so much Thank to you. all of you business artists out there. Uh, Moyosore has been here with us sharing his incredible perspective, not just on art, but on life as well. And you're one. Uh, you're going to want to uh, jump over to Superfine Art Fair's website to check out the show notes to see his art there. You can find those show notes by visiting www.superfine.world, clicking Artist Business Plan Podcast at the top. If you want to connect with Moyo to learn more about his art, just go to uh, moyosoremartins.com or follow him on Instagram at moyosoremartins1910. Uh, We'll include both of those links in the show notes as well, so you don't have to memorize them right now. And as always, uh, remember, we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. And if you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for and exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs around the United States, just drop us a line at artistsmakingmoneyatsuperfine.world. That is artistsmakingmoneyatsuperfine.world. And as always, uh, I'd like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And the quote is from Grace Jones. I believe in individuality, that everybody is special and it's up to them to find that quality and let it live. Moyo, it has been such a pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much. Jamie, thank you so much. It was amazing. As usual. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. I always love talking to you. Thank You're you. such an inspiration. Thank Everyone, you. Have an awesome rest of your day and remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world.